Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. Most of us become engineers and doctors because our parents wanted us to become one or our classmate became one. Even when we are building our career, we are mostly looking at others to build ours instead of looking at ourselves, what are the strengths and what we like and so on and so forth. Today, I'm speaking with Meenakshi about building a unique career path depending on our skill set. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, Meenakshi. Thank you for joining Gravitas Wins Conversation. Welcome to the conversations. Thank you so much, Joseph. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, Meenakshi, you have a very interesting career path. You started out here in India and uh, you went to the US, took a break, joined back. Talk to me how you built your career. Um, so Joseph, like uh, as of this August, I'll be completing 25 years in the industry. And when I look back, um, like you pointed out, uh, my career has spanned across countries, uh, both India and US uh, specifically. And uh, when I started, I, frankly, you know, if somebody is going to ask a new person, say, what would you be in five years? What would you be in 10 years? Um, I don't think I, I knew what I was going to be in 20 years or 25 years. Um, my career um, has taken me uh, to different opportunities, uh, which was very um, helpful because it totally aligned with my strength. So I look back to my career and I can see it in phases and we can talk more about that during the conversation. Uh, but each of the phases has helped me and groomed me to be the person that I am today. That's in short, I would think that everything was a stepping stone to uh, push me to where I am today, Joseph, in short. Uh, Minakshi, I want to touch upon the point that you mentioned. Is your skill set driving your career or the career driving your skill set? Okay. So um, there's an interesting conversation. This was with, uh, I mean, this is a TED Talk with a Harvard professor. And I forget her name right now. But she talks about three ways that one um, gets to a career, right? Uh, the first one is about inclusion, right? Inclusion is where what you rightly talked about, Joseph, where everything is about skill sets. See, uh, we have to, much as we tell our kids, don't take too much peer pressure, try to uh, take life easy because life is much more than college. I think a bare minimum, um, you know, a college, a good college to study at, it need not be the premier one, but a good college to study at is always important in order to get a first to into a career. So that part is the inclusion. Inclusion is very tightly coupled to skills. So only, I mean, when I look back at my career, uh, just because I did an engineering degree at that point in time, and there was a lot of campus interview on the uh, in the college, it is much easier for me to get into the career smoothly. Mm. So that is the inclusion part, right? The second part is about influence. So getting an open door in and getting into a career is good enough, but influence is what really makes you sustain and grow. And influence is more about, it's a combination of what you do what you want to do in future, and who can help you do that. So I think mm. these three things combined together becomes the influence part. And then the impact is what really I'm going through in the last five years where, okay, you've done certain things. Uh, you feel you've decently accomplished a few milestones in life's way and in your career path. Now, what are you going to do with that, right? What's the impact that you can create to the people at large. And this particular professor was talking about how she brought the CEOs from a lot of different uh, companies. They came and did an advanced leadership course at um, you know, uh, Harvard. And this was more about how do you create an impact much beyond 
being a like you know exec person so when i look at where i am today uh, i've crossed the inclusion and the influence stage and i'm at the place where i keep thinking what can i do more you know not just in the organization uh, to the world at large is there something i can give back so if so to your question skills is important but it's not the only thing that is important uh minakshi i i i love the uh, answer because as you know this is about gravitas this podcast is about gravitas and you already talked about the three components of gravitas influence inclusion and impact now in that i want to unpack each layer if i can uh, do it you talked about inclusion where the company matters the college matters so can you talk to me about how the company that you joined and the first managers that you had how they influenced your career sure i think uh, see uh, i'm today if i'm a good leader um, you know uh, to an extent to at least my team it's only because of the kind of leaders that came my way right and especially in the first 5 years of the career so when you're right joseph like one part of inclusion is from the college and the institution that you joined from the second part is what kind of projects you work with and what kind of leaders you work with in the first 5 years right uh, so i had if you ask me i had three type of leaders right so when i was uh, doing my first 5 years uh, the first type of leader right uh, she was a very uh, she was a perfectionist okay so this use uh, this person i mean and at that point of time we were trying to uh, do a reengineering for an insurance system and uh, we had to write out the business use cases and i know the number of times she used to keep sending us back saying hey this is not perfect that this is not perfect yet even though it used to be i would say it was more terrorizing than kind of you know because we used to be scared as juniors but i think she instilled in us the um, the essence of being detail oriented and attention oriented and understanding the business right so one type of leader that we had was a perfectionist the second type of leader right he was more an innovator right so he uh, we've seen him walk to each and he was on the technology side he he used to walk to each person's desk and he used to kind of be very friendly with them and inquire what they were doing and kind of push them to think out of the box okay mm. so i had a leader who was an innovator also in the first 5 years so one was a perfectionist one was an innovator the third type of uh, leader was breaking the norms right so this is the person also who impressed me a lot who in a room of say 50 or 100 people he'll never shy away from asking the silliest question or the hardest question mm. right until he gets what he needs to out of the um, whole problem statement i think these three leaders shaped my understanding of how i should approach uh, you know um, my projects and programs going forward one always be detail oriented and always have a passion for business second also be friendly with the people and have a sense of innovation and thinking out of the box and the third is never shy away from asking the silliest questions in the room even though people may think that uh, you are not smart enough right so those three people shaped the person and the thinking process in the initial days joseph Mirachi you have I I don't know what all the company sizes that you worked on worked in does company size influence in building the career that you want does it matter at all or it, you could build your career path the way that you want in any company um so joseph i think um more than the company mattering right i think 
we as people and mm. how flexible we are and how agile we are how do we understand the organization's goals and needs how do we get aligned i think that becomes very very important more than the company size um, i mean i'm i'm of course at a disadvantage having worked with more of the larger players but i've had many people in the team who've joined from smaller players and they have been very successful and in fact they have even got into exec roles uh, much more than me sometimes right so i think it is when a person starts out the career it is very important to sense the business and the political environment of a particular organization right it's not about you being the best but is your best aligned to what the organization wants to do for the next 2 years next 3 years i think that's more important joseph when we start any career anywhere can you talk to me a little more about how somebody can identify the company goals and how they can align their skill set to that particular company goals sure sure joseph i um see with so much of um, trans google translators available right uh, so one thing i can tell you let me start from there and i'll come down to how to understand a company's goal um, see let's let's say you have a um, you know a poem in a native language let me call it tamil right so you are trying giving the tamil poem for translation through a google translator and you get the english version of it if you ask me i would say that 70 to 80 percentage you will be able to get a match okay i mean like you will be able to get the essence of what uh, the the particular poem or passage was standing for but there's a 20 to 30 percentage of hidden meaning right so i think a lot of times when uh, the youngsters join a particular organization they they can get the uh, 70% of what the organization stands for they can read it on net they can go to the company's website they attend the pre placement talk for what the company does is it a product company is it a services company what is their vision where are they in the uh, market right the 20 to 30% of what a person has to read in between sometimes um, I, i i often refer to slum dog millennial right so sometimes in that movie if you see right it, it only in the last few stages the person clears all the levels and when you kind of try to understand what happened in the story it goes back to every single interaction there's a renewed understanding of a particular theme right that's exactly what the youngsters today have to understand it's not in day one it's not in year one it's not in year three that they can understand the organization's goals and organization's culture it takes a quite a while and it will be fed to you in smaller bits the only thing is i think uh, as a youngster one has to say think about am i getting the supportive environment for me to keep learning right and am am i you know are my supervisors making an ardent interest to help me grow so if they feel that the immediate supervisor is being transparent and helping them to grow it's not that all the 101 of the organization culture has to be known to the youngsters in year 1 because it takes bit by bit of understanding of it and i'm sure by end of year 5 people through all the conversations that they've had both formal and informal they'll be able to understand how they are you know um, aligning to the organization goal and at that point i think it's just more um, decision making process okay do you like what you're doing do you like what your organization is doing is there a match almost like a match making couple right is there a match or should you would you want to explore something else right so i think uh, as youngsters if they take time up to 5 years i'm sure they'll understand what they're doing and how it contributes to the organization goals joseph okay uh, i i agree with you on that uh, minashi in your career did you have to take any sacrifices or step back to to build the career that you wanted 
Sure. Uh, so, Joseph, the word sacrifice almost means like one person is winning and one person is losing, right? So, I've always thought of the things I had to do in my career as more a priority. So, I've, mm. I've been faced with various different priorities along life's way, right? Uh, so, I did take a maternity break when my daughter was born. So, that was a priority a thing at that point in time. So, I took a longer leave than usual. Uh, and then my spouse and me, we wanted to travel together, be as a family uh, when we went uh, to the US for a short stint. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a short stint, it was a year. Again, that was a priority to me as well as my family. So I took off. So I didn't have um, a second thought about it. I know a lot of, I, not, I, I can't say a lot. I know a few friends of mine who've done those transitions, right? And sometimes they feel, hey, did I lose out because just because I took off that time, you know, I, I prioritize something else. But to me, like I told you about the Slumdog Million example again, right? Every single break, I've thoroughly enjoyed what I did. I mean, because that was a priority to me at that point in time. And I think today, if I'm like, you know, uh, after 25 years of career, when I talk to people, I seem more authentic and genuine because I don't just talk about, hey, I did this at work. I became these designations. I did these roles, projects. But I talk to them as a human being saying, you know what? I, I had a family along the way. And this is how my family grew up along with me in the career. And they are part and parcel of who I am. And I cannot let go of one identity to another. So I had changes made. And with each transition, I think I picked up different roles. So before maternity, I was doing a different role. And after maternity, when I came back, and this was in a different country, I had to go back to India. And there was never a role for me. And, and they created one for me and said, why don't you kind of, and this was unheard of at that point of time. And that's why networking and relationships become super important. I think with every, um, you know, priority that we do, uh, having an active network is important. And those networks have helped me. And even when after a year's back, your, I even changed vertical completely. I was doing a different business and then I completely transitioned over to a different other unit. But to me today, uh, I'm take, I've taken up a domain role, which means I need to almost know all the verticals. And like I said, every single transition I've taken helped me to connect the dots and helped me to be a well-rounded leader that I am today, uh, Joseph. Very well. Uh, you are touched upon all of the points that are closer to my heart in, 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 in building that gravitas, uh, very well. Uh, Minesh, do you think, I know you are still in the active career and everything. Do you think there is a maximum age before which you should kind of shape your career? How do you think about that? Um, so, uh, Joseph, I would, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be fair if I say all the roles that you got when you are a youngster is available when you are senior, right? So becoming seniors brings its, or its own challenges. Um, and I would section it this way, right? Up to 30 years, the sky is the limit, right? It's just up to you. Whatever you want, you can push yourself and do. And, uh, you know, when you reach the 30 to, you know, 45 years, I would call it 30 to 15 years, right? Again, still there are opportunities open. But it could be some things that are not aligned to your strength or aligned to your comfort zone sometimes. And then it becomes a priority on whether you want to do those roles or whether you want to do something else. I've seen a lot of people between 35 to 45 then deciding, hey, I've done like 10 years or 15 years of stretch in IT. I would want to become entrepreneur or I want to do something else. So I've seen them taking a different path. So that's a that's another section. Now, 45 years plus, I think there are roles still open. I wouldn't say no. 
but i think we all always have to keep our ego in hiding right there will be youngsters there will be many young people who are execs who are the ceos of the company and you would have to report to them right and you may be doing two three level uh, roles which are like um, lesser than them so if you ask me would you be comfortable doing that um, i'll take you i'll take a very small example right i mean it may seem uh, sometimes it may seem relevant and sometimes not but this this to me was uh, very personal and i've always kept thinking about it right so we get all uh, you know in india we have that uh, luxury of getting people to help us even in the domestic part of our lives and i've had somebody come in and who was almost 50 to 60 and here is me which who, you know who are 10 15 years younger and then i have to tell her to do things and i've really seen her take that grace and charm to say okay i'm i'll do that okay so you tell me so if a person who is not as educated as you are and who clearly knows that they're older than you are has the grace and charm to say that hey this is my work it doesn't matter who's giving me the instructions but this is how they want it to be done because they they at the end of the day uh, they pay my salary and she when i see her do that i'm like why not right it doesn't really matter why should i be comparing to somebody who's uh, you know younger and kind of help, uh, directing me to do things if if they've reached that level and they have the skills it's just um relevant in order to align with them and to do what is needed so i would say joseph after 45 years it's just a choice we make in our minds do we do what we do or do we give it up and i think retirement to your point is more a mental thing than a physical thing if you feel you're getting tired of what you're doing right and if you feel that you have mm. more to do um i i just only tell two things to my team either you crib and then you know you make a change or you don't crib and continue what you're doing so i wouldn't like somebody to crib and keep continuing to doing what they're doing that's just not helpful for them or not helpful for the people around them so retirement to me is similar uh, joseph it's a personal choice that people make and it really depends on what a person um, you know mentally thinks is um, you know working for them or not working for them minak uh, chai i definitely want to touch upon the retirement piece but before that you talked about it is the way you are looking at things it is not sacrifice but it is priority keeping your ego in check and and also it's about the mindset how do you develop that mindset how did you develop about uh, that mindset and even to the the your team members i'm i'm sure you are you are mentoring and coaching some of your team members how do you help them develop that mindset um that's a good question joseph i'm not i wasn't this person i was when i was uh, say 10 5 years 10 years into my career um i don't think people like me frankly at that point in time right uh, i realized that so i used to be this perfectionist and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you guys are going through we need to get it done types right and uh, um looking at those 7 years or 8 years of me i do, i wouldn't like to work for that person i was right yeah i mean it i was delivering and i was a results oriented leader but i wasn't the empathetic leader right and then it has taken me only after 10 years maybe in the 11th or 12th year and slowly when i started looking at the people i admire right there are some people see there's never one role model in life that's my personal mm, mm. and when i keep looking around at work 
and i started looking closely at the people i admired there were at least three or four leaders who personally um you know i wanted to be them at some day and i i i uh, reviewed who i was and who they were right i think one big gap there was the empathy right they were just people leaders and they were so empathetic in nature they knew the uh, you know job had to get done but they didn't kill the energy while the job was getting done they made sure that the energy was intact until the job was done so those are the leaders who really made a big impact on me and i think slowly over the years uh, i've picked up the trade of uh, trait of being empathetic and today i think uh, joseph uh, i'll go back to our conversation topic which was about cre- creating unique careers and i went back and asked some of the people around me today i said see uh, you know when we, when you say some somebody has a unique career path it's only about a third person who looks at you and says you have a unique career path it, you know judging it uh, by self is a hard thing and when i asked them what why do you think i have a unique career path uh, some of these things is is what they told me so one leader was very clear that hey meenakshi when you talk about you have to touch upon mentoring and coaching because uh, you've really done that for so many of us and we feel that impact so right so that's one thing that you want to talk about the second person said you know what whenever we come to you you always are solution focused we come to you with problems or questions but i think you always try to solve you know try to find out the solution on that and the third part they said is we feel a lot energetic when working with you right so they always think that when they come like you know with so much of um, a lot of problems or a lot of um, confusions in their mind they come and have this conversation they feel that hey they are energized that something is possible i think i think these three traits and uh, you know uh, i've i've been able to you know uh, change myself and get to this point and i feel happy about the transition joseph uh thank you thank you one thing that i love is every question that i ask you are kind of able to peel back the layers and say okay there are three components to it there are three types of managers so i love that particular clarity of thought uh, that i think comes from lot of observations and thinking through different situations and so on and so forth so so, so thank you for sharing all of those uh, insights uh, minachi now in your answer you touched upon the result oriented and empathy oriented leaders and time and again i am seeing there is a it it kinds of juxtaposition if you are a result oriented you cannot be empathy oriented if you are empathy oriented probably you cannot deliver results how do you think about it do you have any insights on that can we merge and marry these two characteristics um so so joseph you're right right i mean both um, it, it's like um, you know it, it's like being an employee and being a stockholder right many of the employees are given stock uh, stock options and it's like hey should i want these stocks to have higher price or should i get a higher salary so it's almost a <laughs> <laughs> confusion between the two right and tell me which is the right answer you never get a right answer for that right so i think um, see when i look at result oriented and empathy oriented um it 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 has to come together joseph it will not come together easily but it has to come together and uh, see i was reading some of the recent generative ai articles right and some of the articles tell you that um, and and i think this is relevant to the question that you're asking um if we continue to only be results oriented then we are only operating within the sphere of what we know we know something mm. today and we are trying to make it 2x better 3x better right but you take apple products right apple products are more empathy oriented they created a market where there wasn't none right so because they thought that user 
could have like a better um, you know better way of operating technology through the apple products so i think um, the key for unlocking a lot of business potential in the long run is only going to come through empathy oriented approach so once we start the empathy oriented approach results are only for measuring and monitoring what we know today but if we start having more mm. empathy to think about what can i change you know what what are the problems see we talk a lot about uh, uh, i think sustainability and green goals that's picking up a lot and you can solve for such bigger problems only in the empathy oriented approach so only when it will definitely open up newer business solutions new you know it will solve for business problems that today our industry is not um, you know solving it in a day to day manner so i would think that empathy oriented is for the long term results oriented is for the short term joseph if you have to ask me that that's a lovely answer thank you minakshi you talked about generative ai that's an interesting topic everybody is talking about it i don't know whether it's a hype that's going to die down but i i i feel as a technologist that is here to stay and it is going to impact our life especially for the younger generation i, 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 I my question is of two parts uh, minashi with re, with respect to generative ai and leadership and management and all of that uh, thing as as senior leaders as somebody who has been in the industry for a very long time what do you think the generative ai's impact on us from a leadership and a management perspective i'm not talking from a technology perspective i'm not talking about society and all of that but purely from a leadership and management perspective what would be the impact and also those who are coming into the workforce now or people who have been in the industry now for very short period of time say for example 4 5 years how should they approach generative ai from that perspective of building a career and management and leadership how should they approach it so i'll take the first question that you asked about how generative ai is going to affect us, us as leaders right i think it is going to uh, put us into um, doing our schooling and college again right i think uh, you know we have to be open to that uh, there there are going to be so my friend and me had this conversation and i'm lucky i have such friends who who have those conversations with me but uh, so she was telling you know we were talking about it and she said hey there's a point when you think that you know it all and then you kind of realize that no it's not as much as you know it and then you get a clarity this is how much i know right i think generative ai is going to make us be truthful about how much we know right mm-hmm. as leaders i think we need to be vulnerable we need to be open and say hey generative ai yeah i've read these reports i know what it is but you know what if you are an expert in this and it could be anybody around us why don't we sit down and have those conversations right and i want to extract how i'm going to change my business uh, happenings based on that it mm. may not be today right many of the generative ai conversations joseph it's not that we're going to implement it next month especially in the business world right it could be in the personal world like you know conversations talking about anything under the sun a uh, chat gpt may create a hype but how do you create uh, you know take that hype forward in order to create a dependable and accurate business solutions right it's going to take a while it'll at least take a year from now but within that year how much can i learn from the people around me so that i know which of the context i can experiment and pilot on and which of the context i'll have to ignore even though it is a fancy shiny item right because there's only so much budget that a organization can plan for for such initiatives so that's one part of it joseph thinking about it as a leader 
Now, for the people who are coming in, and I can include my daughter also in this mix, right? Uh, you know, generative AI is just a tool, Joseph. I think that is what we'll have to remember, right? Uh, I, I had a like colleague who put it very nicely, and we were talking about technology versus domain, right? He says, uh, doing it right is understanding the business and domain. Doing it fast is understanding technology. So generative AI is going to help you do things faster, right? It will be really good. But knowing what to do, what problem are we trying to solve? How, what is the issue that the client is facing today or customers facing today? Doing it right is as important. So only, so what's the point of running a, you know, a hundred meter race, right? When you knew that it was a marathon. So if you don't get the context right, you're just going to fail miserably, even if you know the technology. So I think, you know, this, this is important to remember. Minakshi, I think I should join your team to be coached by you, Minakshi. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my pleasure. It will be a mutual learning. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Minachi, in, in building our own career path, what are the limitations that you see? Um, so when we build our career path, right, one, one biggest limitation for anybody is the fear, right? It could mm. be the fear of doing something new. It could be the fear of failures. Uh, it could be the fear of missing out on things. It could be any amount of fear, right? That's what I've realized. Um, I think, um, you know, insecurity kind of uh, builds silos in the organization, right? We have to let go of the insecurity. So I, I, I have this conversation with many of the, uh, you know, teams who kind of are really scared to do things. And like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, it could be, you know, you, you will fail, but then um, you will also have learned a lot of things. And even if it is a bad failure, if we put our genuine intent in it, we can explain what happened and then move on. At least you know you've tried, right? I mm. think that uh, breaking out of the mold in order to say, I'm I'm going to try these things. And, and uh, there was a mentor who told me, right? There are just three things that is important in life as a business leader. One, whether we are doing the right things for the customer or whether we are doing the right things for the teams on the ground. Or whether we are doing the right things for the organization, right? Mm. If if these three, so if you are not doing anything for your personal favor or benefit, there's nothing wrong in trying out things. You know, you are you are trying out something in the genuine spheres, right? So I would think, Joseph, the um, the biggest thing that is holding back from us, like for example, I'll tell you this uh, funny thing that happened, Joseph, and when I had joined this, uh, you know, the, the current organization I am in. Um, we were in a different location. So this was, uh, let's, let's call it a location B, right? We're not the, where all the exec people were not there. And there's another, you know, there was another building within the city, a location A, right? So this, I was, I was like, so really surprised. So this person on my, in my week one of joining the organization, uh, walked up to me and said, Meenakshi, you know what? All the exec teams of our unit sit in the other building. And uh, I don't think because I, we are in this building and we are doing our work. I don't think, you know, we are not going to be recognized or we are going to grow fast, uh, you know, individually or as a team. Um, so it was a little bit, yeah, I knew there's a lot of activity, maybe more ad hoc meetings, more like town halls, whatever is happening in the other building. But to me, that was, um, it's more like fear of missing out, right? It was funny to me and it was a little scary also. I'm like, I was a new person joining the organization. Uh, it doesn't mean that I have to be physically somewhere in order to be seen and felt for what I did, right? But it really didn't. I didn't bother too much about it, Joseph, because like my mentor was saying that other day, I was only trying to do things better in any of these three spheres, whether it's for my organization, for my team and the or the client involved. And I felt that the... Uh, visibility and the growth and the uh, good opportunities kept coming my way 
because I was very focused on just not getting distracted with all the noises and the mm. water cooler conversations and who's who's more powerful and who can help you grow the career. Those were absolutely important just for awareness, but it really didn't, um, you know, distract me from what I wanted to do. And I think when you ask me about the, the distractions and the fear, I think these two components, if we take away, uh, we can be really successful in what we do, Joseph. Very true. Very true. Uh, Minachi, obviously we have covered a lot of ground here. Now there's a newer thing that is coming in the virtual environment, work from anywhere. I don't know whether it is going to stay or it's going to change as most companies are pulling people back into offices. But I think in one form or the other, this work, work from anywhere is going to stay even within the companies. That's going to be one of the incentives. How should people think about building their career in this work from anywhere environment where I could be earlier, it'll all be the environment shaped our thinking, so to speak, as you, you were also touching upon it. Now I'm going to sit on a pajamas in my bedroom, working via a laptop, talking to a manager and talking to a team. So the environment doesn't play a role in shaping my thinking. So how should I think about building my career in that particular environment? Uh, so Joseph, work from anywhere is definitely, um, I would say it's like generative AI, right? <laughs> I know it's going to be there. Okay. You cannot get away from that, right? Now, how do you use effectively is the point, right? I mean, um, some people mistake work from anywhere is uh, always uh, being at home in the comfort and doing things more uh, from a, a single person contributor, right? Um, I would think of this in two ways, Joseph. There are people genuinely in life situation, they have different priorities and many women I've talked to, right? And I would bring that up also. Uh, they are they are having older people to take care of. They are having younger people to take care of. And instead of giving up a job, they're doing the last mile on saying that I will still work from anywhere and make sure that things get done, right? And you need to give them a break. I, I don't think it's fair to um, say that, hey, you know, you definitely need to uh, come back. But then that's the exception and it's not the rule. And the work from anywhere for people who don't have personal constraints, while while it is very convenient, it is sometimes creative and it is a, a lot more, um, I would say, a lot more um, managing. Sometimes they say, right, um, you, people who manage their time or like who can do anything with their time are much richer than people who manage money, right? So it does give that feeling. The only word of caution there, what I would say, Joseph, is uh, uh, there's nothing like two minds thinking together, right? Mm. So it, it takes, uh, uh, you know, what we are seeing more and more is uh, the hybrid way, even from work anywhere, right? Uh, we've seen this. Many of our customers who are based out of North America, whenever they visit back in India, right, the kind of energy they get and they say, hey, you know, you know what? You guys shared all this through project status. We understand that you are looking after business. But when we come here, we feel that you know the culture as much as we know it there. And that gives them a lot of confidence and trust, right? So there's nothing that beats like a physical connect and physical meeting of, uh, you know, meet and greet of uh, the people on the team. So work from anywhere is, uh, you know, can be adopted. But what percentage we adopt and do we still make time in order to come together as a team physically is as important, Joseph. We shouldn't miss out on the element just because we have the um, flexibility of, work from anywhere is what I would think. Thank you, Minashi. Uh, Minashi, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me on building the unique career path. To all my guests, I ask certain rapid fire questions. Sure. Uh, 
So I'm going to ask you as well, with all your insights, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get a really beautiful answers for uh, these uh, rapid fire questions. Okay. The first thing is, what do you think as a leadership quality and the, the best leadership quality and who has exhibited it in your life? Uh, decision making uh, and many of the elders in my family, as well as many of my senior leaders, uh, they never sleep on a decision. So decision making is absolutely important. Okay. What's the kindest thing anyone has done for you? Uh, they uh, understood my constraints whenever I was working, all the leaders that I work with. Uh, so, and they believed and trusted me. I think, um, you know, understanding and trust, definitely. What's the definition of living a good life? Um, living a good life is uh, waking up and uh, feeling proud to be, uh, you know, known without your work designation. If you're able to describe yourself. So today, if somebody asked me, even if I didn't have my job, if I, if I can describe myself in two, three different ways, I think that's a good life lived and uh, the number of people you impacted. And I feel really happy because every day I wake up, um, if there's a, there's a group, I mean, I know you asked for a rap fire. I'm just going to make it one minute. Please more go ahead. Me. This is a, this is an amazing <laughs> answer. Go ahead. No, no, just one minute more. So I have these different, uh, you know, groups that I, you know, literally pull and uh, there's this women's group. I have a small, you know, group, which, um, which we, we, which we share some good things that happen, but off late, I've started the fitness one. I said, let's start uh, posting the counts that we do. Right. And it's so funny. We have people across countries and uh, each person pulls another leg. They give excuses. They're like, we almost tried to do it, but we missed. And they, some, some people were waiting till the evening. Meenakshi, you didn't post your account. We really wanted to pull your leg. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't do it today. So I think a good life is where you can look at so many different things beyond what you do for work and still feel so happy about it because you're doing something nice for somebody every single day. That's an absolutely amazing answer. Thank you so much, uh, Minachi. And that's the right time to finish the conversation. Yeah. Uh, Minachi, uh, I know you, you, you are busy. You have taken the time uh, to talk to me. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with me, Minach. Thank you so much, Joseph, for having me here and all the best to you. I hope this conversation series just keeps growing bigger and bigger. Thank you, Minach. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you liked our conversation, can I request you to share the podcast with others? Thank you. Have a life of wins.